This is Off the Break Podcast, presented by Silver Screen Insider. Welcome to Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. I'm Kyle, and joining me is only Cody. Hi, guys. Where is the other one? Where is Ken? I lost my partner in crime. Oh, no. (laughs) He had a family emergency this week and is back in the Midwest. It's back in Iowa. Woo! That sounds He left me with the kids. It was truly an emergency. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I have to take him to school in the morning. This... (laughs) <laughs> I barely am awake before eight o'clock and they have to be there at eight fifteen. This is truly tragic for the, them. Now you know what he has to do getting up much oh earlier, taking care of a lot more stuff in yeah. the morning. <laughs> I, I do not pretend that he is not the rock in our family. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Some I'm things there. you have to be like, no, no, he's, he's the guy. He keeps us together. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I can do this very short term basis, but I become like, I'm known as fun dad. I am the the fun dad in the relationship. (laughs) I give them things that are inappropriate, like for their diet, sugar them up, Mm -hmm. you know, let them skip school. Like I'm just fun dad. And I'm now militant militant (laughs) mom. And And it is not fun. It is not fun. And the boys (laughs) do not know how to treat this. They're like, what is, what happened to mom? (laughs) And I'm like, like, I'm dad and mom now. And they're like, Oh no. (laughs) He's been gone only two days. And I'm like, I'm single mom now. You're going <laughs> to abide by my rules. There Waking be... up in the morning with a bottle of wine. Whatever. Yeah. Put something ordered. on. <laughs> I haven't got there yet. No, no. I'm more like, okay, let's go pick out clothes. Yeah. I'm like, this is kind of fun. But I'm like, brush your teeth. Yeah. Get your jacket on. Go, go, go. Being strict is the worst. It is tough. It's not as fun. That's for sure. And it's... You find out things about yourself, Kyle. You find out where your pain points are. Like, oh, yeah. I guess I, you know, didn't really notice how slow a eater one of them is. And then you're <laughs> just like, the clock is ticking and we're like, we got to go. And I always thought, like, maybe, maybe we nag them too much. No, you got to ride those kids. You got to stay on them. There is a schedule and we got to stick to it. Well, this is clearly a good learning experience for you. And for Ken, yeah. it's a normal day. <laughs> He'll Ken- be listening to this and it'll be like, yes. Yes, that's yes, how it is. That's how it is. He's only ever been gone once since we've had children, and he went on a client visit yeah. um, right at the start of the pandemic. Like, they hadn't barely shut anything down. It was like when he got back after this weekend trip and they shut everything down, it was yeah, close call. Just perfect timing. Remember when normal? <laughs> I don't. Remember normal? I don't what? know what that was. That was 2020. February of 2020, he went on a business trip. That was the only, the last and only time that he ever got to go anywhere. And that was 20 years ago. It feels like <laughs> I don't even know what day it is. Like, no. I am so frazzled from <laughs> all this stuff that just got dumped to my lap this week. And, and rightfully so. That's why you have a partner. That's, you have a partner so that when things come up, you can dump them in their lap. And I just hope I rise to the occasion. Sure. Sure. This is your chance now. Yeah. I'm going to be super mom. I feel like. By Ken, the end of the week? Oh, yeah. 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 Ken, I don't need you. I've got <laughs> got this handled, so. But also, please, Ken, come back. Yeah, please come back. <laughs> it's all a facade. Right. <laughs> I am freaking out. We just have to sound good for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of how my week has been. But we were just talking how now that he's been gone a couple of days, I'm like, what do I do in my evenings? Because we have our routine and we have our shows. And I'm like. I get to pick what I want to watch. Yeah. And 
out of nowhere, I'm watching like stupid romantic comedies, like old ones, new ones, mm-hmm. sometimes two a night. Like I'm, just, <laughs> I'm like, I just don't want to go to bed in an empty bed. So, yeah. so yeah, I've been watching like old ones, like um, the ugly truth, <laughs> really terrible ones. Oh, okay. And love guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And then new one, the new Netflix ones, like um, love hard, or which are the this, holiday, t- which are, which are especially bad. I'm yeah, sure. So bad. <laughs> But I'm just just eating them up right now. Hey, sometimes you just got to turn the brain off. I get it. I haven't gotten a Hallmark Christmas movie sappy yet, but I'm going to run out of romantic comedies soon at the rate I'm going. I just would have gone there before Netflix comedies, to be honest. I think I could tolerate Hallmark ones more. Maybe. I. There's one that I keep seeing a preview come up for. I think it's on Netflix and it's got Carrie Ewells and Brooke Shields in it. Mm-hmm. And it's like a castle thing, like castle for Christmas. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what this is. I I don't want to be ageist here, but it was awful seeing those two old people trying oh, to I like, like fall Oh, I like Carrie Ewells. Yeah, I do too. But I like him in Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and Brooke Shields, like just nothing about that appeal to me i'm like i don't know why why can't i relate to this because you're because you're not there yet you're still young and hip I, I, maybe i'm still fun dad at heart right? i'm sure like i don't know 20 30 years from now or however long it will be you'll see that movie again you'll be like i get it so with i the, get it now 50 year old like liam hemsworth or something yeah yeah i'm sure he'll he'll pop up in one of those eventually right, right? yeah <laughs> be there for me but so it's been a it's been a kind of a tough week i've been very busy <laughs> I, I i've heard you have tough weeks before and yeah. on each podcast episode and this one probably is at the top of the it's list like tough. i feel you breaking yeah. <laughs> i have to get up early i have to good like actually mother my children this is torture she is a great mother people yeah. we promise i know it's not all like free for all right i just I just my I have a wonderful wonderful partner and he picks up so much of my slack so I'm able to do other things and mm-hmm. he is infinitely more patient than I am like infinitely more patient so yes that is all true <laughs> there is a reason why he tends to do some of these things because I I just snap yeah I have no patience <laughs> I go from fun dad to like militant mom in like three seconds <laughs> so he he's a good barrier for that he's and meanwhile he's like take a breath yeah <laughs> it's calm okay down yeah then i freak out because he told me to calm down it's mm-hmm. just we have a routine yeah <laughs> it's marriage In and out of the office <laughs> yeah okay so let's now that we got that out of the way let's dive into the industry stuff that yeah. people really probably want to know about yeah. <laughs> not how my life is falling apart this week that's fine it's fine it's cool 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 um you mentioned that uh there was not a ton of release schedule changes but a, a biggie that happened this week was deep water from disney got pulled from the release schedule it was a fox holdover right yeah fox holdover uh mm-hmm. starred ben affleck and Anna de armis um so it was supposed to be a drama romance kind of like uh, a thriller in some ways it wasn't well. about a underwater station attacked by deep water monsters or sh- and or sharks probably without the monsters and sharks question okay. mark i'm not too sure but Just, it's pulled from the release schedule it's supposed to come out initially january 14th and now it's not on there so i don't know 
maybe they were able to make it work to where it's going to be on streaming soon, or maybe they're waiting just to throw it somewhere else that right. works better. Um, so yeah, not a, a lot of other changes and just for booking strategies, it's all about Spider-Man. I mean, Spider-Man continues to really sell out. Um, it's going to be the biggie. It, it probably means that I have to watch a Jimmy Stewart movie. <laughs> just, <laughs> just means I have to do that. But now um, do you want to talk, tell people like what that means if they missed the, what was it? So two we, episodes ago that we discussed that. <laughs> so I threw a real hot take out there that I thought, well, there, that there may not be another hundred million dollar opening post pandemic. Yeah. And I was like, okay, maybe we'll backtrack that a little. And I said, of the films coming out, I don't see any hundred million dollars, but the one that could be was Spider-Man, but I didn't think it was going to happen with just with the way things are going and how, how much hype had been for like, especially films in October and then mm -hmm. nothing. And then the, it didn't open as well as we had thought. I mean, and this was discussed before tickets became on sale for early. Yeah, yeah. This was early November. Yeah. <laughs> I think we had, it was before we got sick and we, this might've been October when we were talking about this. It all blurs together. All, I don't yeah. remember. Anyways, <laughs> fast forward to now, <laughs> Spider-Man tickets, advanced tickets went through the roof. It will be disappointing if this is not a hundred million dollar opening. Like yes. it will be crushing to some people. This is almost a given at this point that this is going to be a hundred million dollar opening. Yeah. And at the time yeah. I was like, well, so Ken and I bet that if I didn't think there would be a hundred million dollar opening and I had to watch it, my favorite Jimmy Stewart movie. Favorite in air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a torture movie for me. Yeah. Uh, a classic for some others. <laughs> yes. So yeah. I, I probably, I'm thinking about pre-watching it just so I don't have to do it later. You mean just get it out of the just way? Just get it out of the way. So that's just watching it. No, <laughs> it's going to count. I don't know what pre-watching means. That means you would watch it twice, so right? Do I concede now or do concede after the inevitable? Like, what What if it does, like, I don't think it'll do very much. Some people are saying, what, like 150 to $200 million opening? Some projections lately by some, you know, reliable sources. <laughs> are they reliable, Kyle? Well, just... they're from industry-related sources that are projecting this, and I... I just don't know. Oh I don't think I, it. I can't. I don't know. Possibly think that that is going to happen. I think, think pre-pandemic five is 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 high. Yeah. I think that's where it's at. Not pre-pandemic. Pre I think there could have been a solid chance for 150. I don't know about 200, but 150. But yeah. post-pandemic, like we're still trying to convince audiences to come back. I know there's a lot of hype for Spider-Man, but I. Right. I don't think it's enough to where it's going to get to 150. It still is only a Spider-Man movie. And, you know, one of the biggest movies of all time, Avengers, had years of years of build up to 15 it. 15 movies yeah. or 20 movies, 15 years. Yeah. Meanwhile, Spider-Man. Yeah. Like there's potential for all of the actors who played Spider-Man to be in one movie. Is but that that's like not years of building. Is that what everybody just believes is a given? That they believe it. Tobey yeah. Maguire and Andrew Garfield are in this. There's going to be three Spider-Mans. Yeah. Rumors are saying that I could just, be it. Like fans yeah. are just making it <laughs> believe. They're really trying to convince themselves. I have no idea. I mean, if the villains are in this movie, sure. Why not? Maybe they somehow made that happen but i have no idea 
Weird. I would just think that's people would th- be that- so disappointed. Is that why advanced tickets are so high? Yeah, <laughs> I do. I think it's the spectacle of this what if situation rather than, oh my gosh, Spider-Man's back. Like, right. And Spider-Man's great. I love Spider-Man. Everyone loves Spider-Man, but not to, you know, have the projections of 150 to 200 million alone. Like, there had to be some other caveat to it, and this is it. It's always surprising what ignites and sparks and set-offs, like, the must-see movie of the year. I thought it would have been maybe something like James Bond, but now, in retrospect, that was probably a title that was too old, like, for older, you know... It, the younger people aren't into James Bond like older people are. Yeah. Um, and then I so then I can kind of see why Venom was so big. I might I misjudged that one. I knew it was gonna be good, but it was way bigger than I thought. If it has the big Marvel stamp on it. Yeah, it seems yeah. to be still what uh, is the safe choice and the the tr- the value choice. Like, yeah, you that's know the, that's gonna, the right wording. You're gonna get a great movie for for your ticket price and so i think it's the safe value choice to go to the movie yeah and i think especially in these times people are just choosing what's safe i mean we've i think we've also talked about this ad nauseum many times prior and you know the big marvel stamp of approval that's what it is now i know outside of spider-man that matrix is actually creating a lot of buzz and interest and tracking awareness yeah tickets just became on sale too new trailer dropped yeah yeah and um, and I'm not surprised. There's a lot of uh, awareness. It's a known brand and stuff. And this is a new take with amazing new special effects. It will all will be hurt by being on HBO Max. Yes. But I think because it's a film that you have the special effects warrant you to see in the theater. Like it, it makes you want to see them in the theater. That that helps it. When you had a film like King Richard that didn't have special effects, it was really more story driven. Right. That's something that could be seen at home. Yeah, I think you nailed it right there. Honestly, I agree with you about The Matrix, but I think The Matrix almost could be better than, like, a Kingsman even. It still will be heard by HBO Max, but I I don't know. I think there's going to be more hype for HBO – or for (laughs) – sorry, for The Matrix than there will for Kingsman. Better not be hype for HBO Max. No, 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 no. God, no. (laughs) I I think you're correct. I think of that group that's willing to go to a rated R, like, adult-centered film – um, I, I kind of think Spider-Man is still number one, even though it's not rated R. It's just that adult film appeals to them first. Then I think it's Matrix. Mm-hmm. And then I think Kingsman's the third option. And you may not get into the third option over the holiday break. Yeah, Disney won't like that, but that's going to be what it is. I, I just right. think with Matrix, like you said, special effects. Um, it's bringing it's a, an original cast. It's kind of a spectacle. Yeah, and, and there there is still nostalgia for the matrix it's not necessarily like um i don't know it's definitely not a property where it's current but Mm. there has it it has been so influential for a lot of people when like they first saw it or when they showed it to other people and it just has influenced many other action movies that it's just beloved in that nature to where they're seeing a return and the return based on trailers actually looks pretty good like the trailers have been really good so far and the marketing has been good so i just see that push and that excitement for it bubbling more than mm-hmm. i would for the king's man i think a solid number two film though is going to be seen too like i think it's going to be spider-man number one 
scene two, number two, because you still need something to appeal to audiences. Like you need yep. a film that you take kids and grandma to. And if you're not going to go see Spider-Man, I think your only other option is scene two for that. Yeah. So I think those are going to be the two biggies. And then Matrix is probably going to come in third. And Keensman now, if, when you look at the whole picture, might even be a fourth place. Yeah, I I think you nailed it. Yeah, and then we might still have you know, and then there's still American Underdog and Journal for Jordan. I think they're a very distant fifth and sixth place. That that those two will be interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see American Underdog over indexing in the Midwest and the yes, South. in the Midwest for sure, and the South. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Journal for Jordan, probably over-indexing in some of the coastal areas. Mm-hmm. I think that's a tough one because I feel like it's a story geared more to females, but... Yeah, sure. With the uh, romance angle to it, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, those two will just be interesting because those could be family gathering type movies. Not not to the right. extent of a sing too, but they're within the rating and the the combined demographics oh, could be sure. to where they're universally watched yeah they're gonna get the adults that really don't want to see an r they're yeah. they're gonna get up to that pg-13 crowd so uh, if those two movies even kind of overtake the king's man in some areas i wouldn't be shocked yeah no it's just i think it's just tough at christmas to see an r Yes. And yeah. not have the spectacle of something like the Matrix, you know, where you where you're going to see the special effects and you're going to see the action and all of that. Um, no, it's just too much product. <laughs> too <laughs> much. I never thought I would say that, but it is. It's so, great. It's just I'm concerned it's all going to cannibalize a little bit each other. Yeah. Too much can sometimes be a bad thing. Which, it's great to see, but when you're getting to the nitty gritty, trying to sort everything out, especially for you know a booker such as yourself, oh, it, well, how many screens do I give Spider Man? And then does Sony get to have a Journal for Jordan screen if they mm-hmm. are getting two or three Spider Man screens? I just don't think you can, in these bigger complexes, tell Sony, yeah, you can have four screens out of my eight screen complex. You you can't do that. And so, what do you do for Journal? And do you take American underdog over journal and it's just so many it's just such a juggling act and luckily licorice pizza uh lowered their print count ua lowered it so that's not in play as bad and all the locations where it's in play is you can definitely fit it in so it's not that's not an issue anymore but that was adding another layer of complexity to it because you know is this going to be an oscar film do we play it is it going to play anywhere Three three openings on Christmas was a lot, and I oh yeah, I kind of wish that Sony would move Journal for Jordan into the first or second week in fe- in January because I will give it so many locations. I need oh sure then so bad yeah, and since it's not really like who wants to cry on Christmas like it's not really a film <laughs> not me <laughs> you want to see on Christmas yeah. So, maybe like maybe in the holiday but it's just such a happy time of year and if we've learned anything from girl with a dragon tattoo you just don't put sad or r that sort of stuff at christmas time and i think matrix will get away with it because you know what to expect from that but i kind of think kingsman will be hurt a little bit yeah i i agree with you on there um but yeah any other thoughts 
as of now when it comes to um, the projections or heading towards christmas <laughs> i think we're gonna easily see a a hundred million dollar opening with spider-man now will that's it, safe to say that's safe to say <laughs> i will be watching a jimmy stewart movie mm-hmm. sometime between christmas and new year and i was wrong too i also was on the side of cody being like i kind of see it right now where yeah. even with spider-man that's not gonna happen but cl- <laughs> clearly i was wrong and whoa we just missed missed the boat on yeah that. which is good thing oh my god yeah i'm fine with being wrong Such about this a good thing yeah so. absolutely yeah, just fitting it all in. Just a juggling act, fitting it all in. It's tough. I'm hoping somebody moves or or print counts go down or something that it takes some of the pressure off. Sure. But everybody's under a lot of pressure to get their dates in, and that's just, it's tough. There's just not enough screens, <laughs> which I never thought I would say either because this is like feast or famine. Either I have too many prints or not enough. Like you look at January, there is like barely anything <laughs> in January. Yeah, no kidding so it never quite works out huh never works out yeah um but from that though you know we have been meaning to talk about this article that we saw in new york times it came out uh end of november and we meant to talk about it on the podcast but didn't get a chance um it's from see call him out brooks barnes (laughs) wrote movie theaters must urgently rethink the experience the study says so basically it's you know wall street analysts looking at it and saying like you have to re redo the urgently the movie going experience to enhance it to more people because you you you're going to permanently lose customers from the pandemic and as i was reading the article that they were saying that rising ticket and concession prices, decreasing experiential value, including the perception the movie going has become a hassle is what's causing is the big issues we have to confront moving forward. And I don't disagree with that. I think that we were seeing trends pre-pandemic that showed that we had to increase the experience in the theater. We had to have new plush seats. We had to have better concessions um better quality concessions and just a more like luxurious experience because you were competing with people's living rooms and it wasn't just before streaming it it was a technology issue that people were just deciding to stay home because they could have a beautiful huge tv surround sound all of the perks technologically on that end from the equipment you know for for cheap. And so that that was the issue and then pandemic hit and then sh- and then what kept what kept us pre-pandemic was that content wasn't available very quickly. But there was some pressure there. I mean, we were having so many windowing discussions. Studios wanted to 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 collapse the window. They wanted to get to the consumer quicker. The consumer was wanting it because now TVs have gotten bigger and cheaper and they have this great system at home. So there was all this momentum to that. And then the pandemic hit and it just really put everybody at home. <laughs> like It fast-tracked it, basically. Super fast-tracked it. And now you've probably permanently lost some customers. There's no doubt about that. The, the, you've gotten out of the habit of movie going because a lot of theaters were shut down for a year. It wasn't just a few months. It was a year with restrictions and everything. So you've probably permanently lost that because movie going is habitualized. It is something that a learned behavior that you reinforce. And when you get out of that routine, you just it's hard to get back in. And that's... Yeah. 
So that, so the article touches on that and I completely agree. And to get you back into that routine, you have to offer something new and exciting and event like, Mm -hmm. and we were seeing that the content that was doing well was event like and stuff. But I think the big issue that the article failed to realize and and that or they don't have the insight to see is that this industry has always depended on product and that yeah post pandemic we were having some success but not a lot um it's because we weren't having the best of the best product out yet and now we get it something like um you know spider-man and it just almost blew this article out of the water obviously yeah to (laughs) pre-sales people are just flocking to get to their seat at the theater they want to see it opening night early show get in get their you know get their experience and it doesn't matter if the theater has new seats or pop or the right popcorn or warm plates and stuff i think when there's a good movie that trumps all of those other things and it's yeah it's just that there the good movies have been fewer and far between and that's what's tough and the, and you've got to address the situation when you don't have super a huge title driving driving to the theater and so i i wish they would have had more of that perspective in the article and not just a doomsday urgently rethinking the experience cuz the experience is great at fundamentally the experience of going and sh- going on a visual emotional journey with a group of people in a theater is still cannot be topped. Like you can never replicate that at home. Yeah. And so that, that is still special and pure and fantastic and something that brings communities together and, and we should preserve, but I think it does. I do think that, as we look to 2022, it is the question should be, how can I enhance this to keep people coming in between the event pictures? Yeah, exactly. If someone is seeing a movie that isn't an an event like picture, they're going to notice those complaints that are being described in the article. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the seating isn't great. The atmosphere isn't all that clean, yada, yada, yada. But if if the movie works and it can bring an event like experience, whether it's opening day or whether it's, you know, a week or two out of release already and people have been hearing good things about it and they all still go to the theater to see it at that point in time, it it does trump over, you know, um right. anything else about the movie theater. I know uh, we've complained about the movie theater here in town oh, and how terrible it is, but so bad. Whenever I've been able to get a good theater experience, it it does cancel that out. Like I'm right. like, yeah, the seating wasn't great and yada, yada, but at least I was enjoying the moment mm-hmm. of the movie and with the people I was around complete strangers, you know, you were with some of your friends, but for the most part it's with strangers. But if with strangers, you can get some great, you know, reactions and a great experience, then yeah, that's the better feeling. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's been really interesting. I always, I always read an article if it's about, our industry yeah. and, and oftentimes it's never coming from anybody within the industry. It's always coming from an analyst on the money side, the wall street analyst, what their interpretation, and that doesn't have a huge effect. And I just think there needs to be more of an effort to educate these people too on, on things. Cause I think they fundamentally don't understand some of the aspects of, 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 movie going and move in exhibition and all of that for just 
the long-term implications of that and yeah unlike other industries in the business world this one is definitely more i don't know if complex is the right word but there's a lot more nuanced nuanced there's a lot more moving parts it and a lot of it based on you know people and you know people's opinions and uh, what people are feeling in the moment or down the road like it all of it is just a major gamble when it comes to how these things work itself out and sometimes it's just hard to predict that and even if you are able to be a business insider or a Wall Street type mm-hmm. guy. With it comes to this this industry, it's just it's hard to predict. It is. I mean, if we could have predicted this stuff, oh, our industry would have been so different. Like, yeah, oh yeah. Um, I did find in the article there was one of the interesting things was that the likely people never to come back were lower income people, and I think that that's what we re- we're really seeing. You know. I, I, I think there's this push to lower ticket prices at the theater because you're just not getting as many people through. But what you are getting through is a consumer that is okay with that ticket price, has a little bit more means, and is more willing to spend on concessions. I don't know how many people have really seen it where they lower the ticket price and then have all this huge boost in concession buying. I just feel that it's been my experience, I, and this is—I only get this experience from watching dollar subrun houses go first run—is that the quality of the person at the subrun pricing, the value family doll, off the break dollar pricing, was not the same person coming at the first run pricing, and that they weren't spending as much money on concessions, and they want that consumer wants something for nothing. They really do. They're value bargain hunters and they are not going to, they are not spenders and you need to cater to that spending crowd, that crowd that's going to come in, maybe pay a little bit more for a ticket, expect a lot better, you know, service, want, want more service, want more experience, but also is willing to shell out for it. And that's, I think that's the trend we're seeing is that the crowd, the, the lower income crowd is getting their, their entertainment through streaming and that they'll probably never come back but they were never really coming to begin with i was gonna say that we've at least for us we've kind of expected this to happen for a while we we so seeing that statistic it wasn't too surprising because this Mm -hmm. was kind of something that we were like yeah that makes sense it was happening before the pandemic dollar and value pricing places just those theaters weren't weren't working people people were coming less and less to that and i just think that they want fresh content right away in the theater exclusively and they just don't want to wait so long for it to then go on video and stuff so but i think i think this especially in 2021 a window has reinforced that 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 people want a content as soon as it comes out and that means that they're okay paying a higher ticket price because they're the avid movie goer they're the ones actually going yep yeah i completely agree with that but it's always good to check in and see where things are and what th- perception is of, of our industry and what thinking is currently. And, and yeah, we're, we've lost, you've just, everybody has lost traffic. Nobody is like above pre pandemic traffic levels right now. No, but yeah. I think that, that, that what we're settling into is a different um, customer a different person coming in and it's not better or worse i just think you have to cater more to that person now yeah 
And which, it might not be lowering ticket prices and things like that. It might just be enhancing experiences. Yeah, which might, I don't know, it's possible that could be beneficial for your theater anyway. I mean, yeah. we keep preaching to enhance it. And if the clientele is coming in and they're expecting that enhancement to happen, then mm -hmm. okay, sure. I've even seen with like seat conversions, you know, where you take a theater, had a long time, say $8 ticket price, you put in luxury seating, you raise it to nine or $10 because you've got to obviously pay for the seating now and stuff. Yeah. And that, and that they still have the same amount of people coming. The people love the seating more and then they spend it and then they saw their per capita in the concession stand go up. I mean, it's so counterintuitive because they already raised prices on the ticket, but what they were seeing was that you were just getting a different kind of a person in, a person more willing to spend on the experience. And I think that should be kind of the motto of 2022 marketing. Spend, you know, cater to the person willing to spend on the experience. Yeah, because if they feel the experience is great, then they'll come back or in the moment they'll keep spending. Yeah. They'll buy that extra popcorn. Yeah. They'll get those Twizzlers. Yeah, I agree completely. Sometimes we'll buy a bag of M&Ms and just dump it in the popcorn bucket. <laughs> I thought you were going to say dump it on the floor. No, I was dump. like, well, I hope they don't no, do that. dump it in that popcorn bucket and we fish them out. It's awesome. Sure. Until I'm fun dad and I buy the concessions when we go to Can come back soon. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that kind of just wraps up our episode. Um mm -hmm. Anything else to add on before we head out of here? No. No, I'm good. Oh. I just hope I survived the weekend. I'm not sure when he's coming back, so the uncertainty is not weighing very well on me. Well, I'm sure everyone listening is wishing Ken yeah, was back, he's, too. He's great just dealing with a family emergency, and it's tough, so. Yeah. <sighs> I'm holding down the fort, honey. <laughs> well, don't worry, everyone. Ken will be back next week. Yep. and uh, Hopefully. Hopefully. It sounds like Fingers he will. Fingers crossed, everyone. Otherwise, I might not be here. I might have to go find him. You're really Iowa. making it sound like something else is going on. When no, it's not. He'll be back. It'll okay. be fine. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Off the Break Podcast. You can find us on all podcast platforms and over at silverscreeninsider.com, where if you're a theater owner or manager needing updated and accurate film information for all the upcoming releases and marketing materials to po promote them on your social media channels, you can check out our website and get all of those things. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye.